I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success Podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Phillips. What it do? And and the big bro, the big homie, E.T., what's going on, baby? Oh, man, see, man, I'm so pumped, man. Let me tell you something. All right, so this everybody ain't going to be geeked about this, but um, we coming back with Back by Popular Demand, TGIM. Thank God I'm married, man. I'm excited about that. Um, I think sometime at the end of this week we're going to release it and then um this 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 man 2017 west coast first we uh we dropping that um thank god i married tour and so we're gonna be man blessing you know married folk man with great information so i'm just pumped up about that see you know people been coming to me and talking to me about it and um you know it's not that i've been procrastinating but it's just like i was waiting for that perfect time and then let's be real you know if you're talking about marriage i need my wife with me you know dd ain't necessary like vocal like that but but, but Didi like yo i got you you know i'm not gonna be co-hosting no show or nothing like that but Didi like i will be contributing so man i'm pumped up man i'm excited man to be able to get that um thank god i'm married roll back out bro yeah no doubt definitely excited about the thank god i'm married and um for those of you who don't know i think we might have mentioned it before but we're finished with the book which is exciting uh e and i decided to write the marriage book um and you know we we said all right see since you've been I just hit my seven-year anniversary. By the way, I don't think neither one of y'all called me and said happy anniversary. I'm a little no, hurt no, by no, that. No. No, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little hurt by that. Um, but hey, It's just uh, an expectation now. Hey, we was all together, though. We was all together. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Um, but, I, you know, obviously being, you know, seven years in the game now, I kind of wrote it from that, you know, starting perspective. And then E wrote, you know, how to maintain that puppy for, how long y'all been married? 46 years? 47. <laughs> 47. <laughs> 26. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so so be look look forward to that. Of course, all of those courses and everything will be available in Breathe University. But let's uh we can talk more about that later. Let's get into Am I Tripping or and man, I, I, it could just be me. And I think I probably this is probably the second go round on this, but am I tripping or not at school is back. Does it take forever to get everywhere? Let me bruh. tell you something. I went from a five to seven minute commute to get a loaf of bread to a 37, 37 minute commute. <laughs> right, and I'm just right. being real. I live in like a, um, you know, a community where, you know, the buses still come and get the kids. So, you know, like, oh you, you know, God. like some neighborhoods, it's like meet them on the corner. You know what I'm saying? Of Shiawassee, you know, and Grand River. Like they actually physically right, still right. come through our neighborhood, you know, and pick the kids up, drop the kids off. So I'm getting up in the morning and I'm I'm like, I'm I'm zooming down the street, like, yep, let me go grab this bread, let me go grab this real quick. Man, I get the I, I get the red octagon. Is it an octagon, Carl? Yeah. You know, is it the oct the red? Oh the light goodness. up stop. Don't come around. Do, do not pass go. Oh and it seems like it, you know I always get there when it's like fifty little uh, first graders, you know, getting on the bus, and I gotta sit there for fifty. Yo, I'm trying minutes. to tell y'all. Y'all remember last year I talked about this on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yo, it's ridiculous. In my neighborhood, they stop at every single corner. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about five, 10 feet from the last stop. I'm like, what is going on? So it can easily add another 15 oh, minutes easy, bro. onto my day. It's like Russian roulette too, right? Cause it's like two different school buses that come. So like it's two ways out of the subdivision. So like every morning when I got Trey, especially if Trey taking a long time to get ready, like I can go out this way and get caught or this way, but like you never know until you get around the uh, corner and then you find out. Oh man, so hey, it's like let me I'm tell you something. Every day. I like the it's a game. Yeah, I like the I like the high school boy because they don't want to be on the bus, so they I'm they got choom choom choom. They jumping on that joint, but the little elementary boys they taking forever to get on the bus. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I'm saying no, nah, I'm just I'm just being real and I'm not trying to be one of them old cats, but like my entire community my entire neighborhood we had one bus stop on moore's river drive and everybody in the right, whole neighborhood right. the west side bus would come yep, to the south yep. side pick us up every i'm talking about it was 
like 30 of us. You know what I'm saying? Like it was there was two stops. It was one on the west side on Lenaway and one on Morris River Drive. And they would go to uh Lenaway, pick up the west side kids, and then come. And every single person in your whole neighborhood was at the bus stop sitting out there, 15 minutes waiting on the bus, and we all got on the bus. The bus made two stops and we went straight to Dwight Ridge. This bus in my neighborhood that made 137 stops on the way to the school, which let me tell you something. I'm pissed at y'all on the bus because the school ain't but a quarter mile down the road as it is. I'm saying, so you make 47 stops in the school. I could see the school from my house. I'm saying, unbelievable, hey, and, and man. What's worse up here is that with the elementary boy, you got, I'm talking about like all the parents now see it. Yeah, like the parents yeah. out there with the cars now. So you got like a line yeah. of cars just sitting there behind the bus. Like I'm talking about, it's like, it looked yeah. like a procession or something. It's a whole, I'm talking about yeah, a whole yeah. bunch and I mean, of, you know, they going, yeah. I'm like, Lord have mercy when Trey go to that school. And let me ask y'all something. If you don't mind, I'm going to switch topics real quick. And I, and, and it, it's probably just because, Candace and I, you know, we were meeting, you know, we 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 got grown folk responsibility now. We're meeting with our you know financial with our financial <laughs> advisor, right? Let me ask y'all a question. And this is something that, you know, I've been thinking about for a while. And and I think, you know, it's an appropriate time to get in, into it since we're talking about school. But we, we were sitting here and there's a public school in the area, and it's a it's a decent public school, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, are we going to send Trey? And Trey's, you know, he's two and a half coming up on three. So obviously we got maybe a couple of years. But I'm thinking to myself, like, are we going to send Trey to public school? Or are we going to send him to private school? And and here's my dilemma, guys. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a couple schools in the area that are phenomenal, that you want your child to have the best education. You know, his mother and I work hard. You know, we can afford to send him to private school. But there's a piece of me that um, I guess feels kind of guilty. And I was like thinking about this all day yesterday. That's why I wanted to bring it up to you guys today. But it's like a piece of me that feels guilty. Like, okay, if I take my son out of the you know public school, and like I said, the public school is okay. It's not great. It, you know, it's, it's not terrible. But I know Trey would elevate that school. He's got a father in his life. You know, I'd be active in the school and I could help build up my local public school. And if you look at the public school systems in the country right now, obviously they are failing. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're not doing well, especially in uh, urban communities, especially for, you know, black males specifically, which Trey is. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, if I take him out and, and pay all this money for private school from the time he's you know, in kindergarten all the way to the time he graduates, am I robbing my community of a, a very productive, you know, stand-up, you know, Trey already has a lot of leadership capabilities. Am I robbing my local school of, of, of just, you know, a great kid? And I think that's what happens. It's like, yo, everybody who can afford to send their kids to private school sends their kids to private school and they got all these, you know, these fancy, you know, educations. But then the kids who are at public schools are just the kids who couldn't afford to go there. And so you, you kind of, you, you make the gap between the haves and have-nots even greater. And I'll be honest with you guys, yesterday, and I, the reason I, you know, was talking to the financial advisor because, of course, they're trying to plan your life out till you get to 100. I'm like, this is ridiculous anyway. Like, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow. But they were saying... Um, we had talked about, you know, like the daycare cost. And then Candace was saying, well, you know, we, you know, probably will still have a cost to incur because we're going to send our kids to private school, uh, you know, for, you know, their, their schooling or whatever. And I was like, whoa, I was like, yeah. And so we were talking about the cost and everything. And I didn't say anything at the moment. And this is probably the first she's going to hear of it. But I was like, I just for one second had this little internal struggle of, wow, like, should I send them to private school or am I tripping? Should I be feeling guilty for that? I don't know, guys. I'm kind of just talking out loud as I experience it myself. But, you know, I wonder what your guys' thoughts on that is. Well, yeah, I'll be real with you, see. Um, I, first of all, let me just say this. I commend you for even, you know, thinking this deeply. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like you're talking like Trey 13, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and right, I, I mean, right. I, I, that's phenomenal. Well, I mean, you, t you know, preschool, kindergarten started yeah, at four or five. I, I mean, that's saying, a year and a half Yeah, away. but I'm saying, you, you know, you're thinking deeply, though. Like, most people are not even aware of their children's, um, you know, either academic or social 
you know, skills at this age. You, you. No, I ain't say academic like that. Yeah, like, no, but I'm just saying, though. I'm not no, saying no, no. Boy, but I am saying, yeah. You know, he, he might not be no brain yeah, surgeon. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, you, you're thinking deeply. Like, you're thinking, you know, ahead. And, and, and that's phenomenal. More importantly, I hope for those that are listening, like, you're thinking selflessly. Like, you're, you're actually thinking about Absolutely. the community itself. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And most people aren't thinking about the community when they're thinking about their children. They're just thinking about what's best for their children. So, first of all, I just applaud you for that. You know, and I, that, that, that's deep, you know, because we can't just live in a community, see. We do have to contribute to that um, community. Now, I will say this to you, and, and, of course, you'd have to make the final judgment, but I did exactly what you're saying. Jalen and Jada, you know, are two and a half years apart. So, for the most part, they were in school at some point at the same time. And I deliberately put them in public school, K through 12. One, I, I, made the, I made the sacrifice to teach while they were in school. So I was physically either, you know, a, a lead teacher or some uh, uh, served in some after school or, you know, s some, you know, um, uh, educator standpoint. Like, so I was in the schools. Like, I had a job in the schools while my kids were at least K through um, eight. Now, of course, when they went to high school, I was at Michigan State at that time and literally at Michigan State preparing a way for them if they decided to go there. So I'm with you. See, I was there. You know, I was active with sports. I was that father that started the, 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 the after school programs. I was the father that did the uh, and teacher who did the weekend sleepovers. I also put together the fatherhood initiatives. You know, so for, for that was me, see, you know, and much like how your father is. So um, definitely if I had my choice, I would say I would hope that you would send them to a public school where you, you could upgrade that yeah, public and let school. Yeah, let me say this, though. You, and let me say this. You, you actually had a decent public school in the area as well. Um, you know, and, and I, because, you, you know, your kids, you know, went to Grand Ledge, you know, still public school, but I went to Sexton, right? And so, and Sexton is a... Um, you know, it's a ur urban. You know what I'm saying? I love the word urban. Uh, underserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can school. go a lot of. Yeah, 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 you can go a lot of ways. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm saying like so. So I look at myself though, and you know, going to Sexton, right? Where I mean, let, let's just be real. You know, it, it wasn't the greatest school. It, it's actually, you know, quite sadly, gone downhill quite a bit. But you know, even when I was there, it wasn't. You know, it was considered to be a hood high school, whatever. And I just look at. You know, and, and this is like not trying to toot my own horn or nothing. I had a father, you know, first of all, I was lucky enough to have a father in my life. So, you know, I had some guidance. But like I look at what a light I was able to be at the school. You know what I mean? Like I had a lot of friends who I probably kept out of trouble. I probably had a lot of friends who, you know, graduated because of me. Right. And because of the example that I set, I was a pretty popular guy in high school. And, you know, I would I was a leader. And so I look at the presence and impact that I was able to have on a school like that and like I said I imagine if my folks would have been like nah you're not going there you're going to you know even even a public school like Okemos or you're going to a private school you're going to Catholic Central or something like that and I just look at the value that would have been taken out of Sexton and I'm looking at you know like I said I, I'm, this is what we do guys so those of you listening like why is he tripping on this like this is what we do we believe in you know schooling and, and building up the public school systems and being there for the underserved community and I'm like man am I a hypocrite if I talk about being there for the underserved community and doing all of this stuff in the community all these programs outreach and all of this stuff and I won't even send my own son to this school like is, does that make me a hypocrite yeah, no, no, I don't think so. I think you have a choice, man. But I do applaud you that prior to making that decision, you're spending a couple years literally thinking it through. So my question to both of you is, of course, I grew up in Barbados. The school system was different. And let me just speak a little bit about it. Same, I mean, same general concept, public school, private school. But the school I went to was a Christian school. And let me, in terms of exposure, the question I want to ask you guys is, what are you exposed to in both schools that's different? Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, unfortunately for me, though I went to a Christian school, I went to a Christian school that had the belief that, you know, they could like reform anybody. So what would happen was they would take all the kids that were, you know, expelled from other schools, kids that had been to juvenile detention centers and bring them in. And they thought that they could reform these kids. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't, but I'm just saying that's a process. They don't come in and, you know, right, week right, two, absolutely. all of a sudden they're good. Absolutely. So the stuff that I was exposed to at this private Christian school, I'm, I'm being real with y'all. I don't know that some public schools had some of that stuff. I'm being real. 
Like I've seen, I've seen <laughs> right, some crazy right. stuff in high school. I'm yeah. talking about high school. I'm seeing, like, I'm talking about fights. I'm yeah. seeing kids with guns, and I'm like, this is a Barbados I'm talking about. So I, you know, everything is multiplied. You talk about United States. Right. So I'm just asking you, what are you exposing your kid to? And I, again, I see huge, huge applaud for being a selfless thing, but. At the end of the day, your responsibility. Oh, wait a minute now. Your... Trey ain't there yet. He might be off with the little, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, cumber button, bow tie on. Like, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, but I am thinking about oh. it. But here's the thing, guys, and I'm going to be real. I'm going to play devil's advocate the other way. You don't want to experiment with your right. child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't want to make a political statement with your kid in their education. Like, so if I do send Trey to a public school, do I run the risk of not getting him the best education that I could possibly mm. get him? Like, I could make the argument the other way and say, maybe I send him to private school and he becomes the president of the United States. You know what I mean? And changes policy and, and for public school systems forever. So maybe I'd make an even bigger impact by making sure that he's as educated as he, he could possibly be. And so I look at it from all these different directions, man. And, you know, you look at the country and it's such a country of have and have nots. You know what I mean? Like literally like my neighborhood is you can drive you can drive five minutes, maybe seven minutes down the street. And, and you you run straight into Bankhead, like, you know what I mean? Which is e where we were at the school, you know, a few weeks back. You know what I mean? Like, and it is very desolate and very hood and, and, and the crime is high and, you know, it's just bad. And, you know, you, you look at these things and you're like, wow, the dichotomy. And so for me, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is the best move for me? And even for Trey, like... You know, I, I have to make sure that, you know, I look at some of the private schools and I'm like, OK, they might be able to give him academically what he needs. But is he going to get socially what he needs? Is he going to have a skewed view of, you know, how to how the world works? I don't know, man. I'm a young parent. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. But I think um, yesterday it kind of hit me when we talked about private school and they were just like, oh, yeah, you send your kids to private school. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. For these. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like a I'm given. Like, hey, yeah, that's another. Given. Hey, we, we just breezed by that point, though. <laughs> It does cost a lot for private school. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, hey, we're doing well. I'm like, Lord have mercy. I'm looking at the cost of private school. But, um, yeah, no, nah, it's just a battle that, you know, that for the last 24 hours, I've just been sitting here. Well, actually, not 24, because he made us get up and do the podcast at 3 o'clock in the morning. So this is being brought to you live and direct at the midnight hour. Exactly 24 uh, hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. 24 like, like a, a, yeah. I Technically, it was yeah, yesterday. And so... Um, yeah, no, I, I'd be curious to see, you know, our, our listeners, if they've experienced, you know, some of that and, you know, maybe have some input on that. But yeah, guys, that was just something that I was going through and, and you know, really, you know, processing. So I, I'll bring the updates uh, as they come. But yeah, man, just trying to think that thing. Yeah, through, and guys. I think this is the biggest piece. See, you know, a lot of us don't understand. And I say it all the time. They're like, yo, E, trying to be patriotic. Bro, I'm, I'm real. Like, I really believe it's not what your country can do for you, like singularly, singularly, but what you could do for your country. Like, I really do believe that, you know, we can't rely just on the government. You know, we can't just rely on, you know, the state, you know, federal, state, you know, local, whatever. I, I just believe that we, if the country is going to continue to be great, we do have to do our part as well. You know, you can't put the growth of any institution, a marriage, a football team, basketball, like you can't put it on the coach, you know, the coaching staff, you know, like if you're a player, you have to do your part as well. So I truly believe, see, it is our obligation, you know, as citizens of this country to make sure that we contribute to it. Any society that you live in, if you only take, 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 and we talk about that with mutualism, if you just take, take, take. So I, I, again, I applaud you and I would just say, you know, that people do need to sit down, like, really and thoroughly look at the options. I remember when Jalen and Jada went to elementary school, one of the professors, see, uh, was like, uh, she had a PhD in engineering. Like, robotics was her thing. And so here, here, my, here my six-year-old daughter, you know, and my eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old son is sitting at the feet of a PhD in a, you know, in, a, in elementary school. So just because it's a public school, it doesn't mean that they don't have good teachers. And just because it's private school doesn't mean that they have great teachers because it's a private school. Yeah, but I think it's the environment, though, E. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went to a hood school. Like, it's, it's quite a few distractions in the hood school. So it's, the teachers may be phenomenal, but what you have to deal with 
in terms of, you know, the classroom atten uh, attentiveness, you know what I mean? In terms of students actually coming to pay attention, like for real, you got people coming into class late. You got people cussing out the teachers. You got like, you don't have that in private school necessarily. You know what I mean? Like you got, you, you got people in there not interested in learning and not that it's their fault. You know what I mean? But it's just a system that's been created. And so I don't think it's so much the teachers as the environment that you, you know, you come into. Like there is a difference. Like E, we have gone and spoke at public schools. Let, let's take St. Louis, for example, where, you know, it, there, there are some students there with some challenges. Detroit, for example, there's some students there with some challenges. Lansing School District, when we go in there, it's a different experience than when we go into you know, Catholic Central. Like, I'll never forget, we went into Sexton, like, literally, back-to-back -back days. We went to Sexton, my old high school, and then we went to Catholic Central. Carl, oh, you remember, yeah. it was one of your yeah. first videos you ever edited with the page flip, <laughs> right? But Totally different We experience. went into Sexton. Yeah. Now, now, let me paint the picture. We went into Sexton, and the, I mean, it was, it was rowdy. It was rough. That's Sexton. And then we go into Catholic Central, and E stands up to talk, and I promise you, crickets. For the entire time he's talking, you know, it, it's completely silent. And, you know, it's the, that that's kind of the difference. And that's what you're talking about here, right? Yeah, I mean, but that, I'm just that saying, is, I'm just, you know, that's the ugly truth that nobody wants yeah. to acknowledge. Now, we can go through all kind of systematic reasons as to why those schools are like that. And trust me, it's not the kid's fault. But we have to look at that and say, okay, which one do I want my kid to go to? Do I want him to go here and elevate the curve? Or do I want him to yeah, go absolutely. here and be pushed? Yeah, you yeah know but I'm what just I mean? saying though, to, to 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 some extent, if we're talking about our children, you know, and especially the two of you, the neighborhoods that you live in, the public is gonna be a little different public, you know what I'm saying, than like maybe Detroit or Buckhead, whatever. But I will say this to you guys. I literally thought it through, see. I looked at Jalen and I asked myself, what does Jalen want to do professionally? I looked at my daughter and what does Jada want to do professionally? And this is what's important because Jalen wanted to play sports and to be a instru be instrumental in sports. I knew, see, that he needed to be around the people that he's going to be around when, when he gets into his profession. So the last thing you want to do is put a kid in an environment where they, they, don't do, they don't understand the code, the rules of the language, and then they become adults now and they have to interact with that community. They, they're not going to be able to do it because they've never been in that setting. So I looked at a lot of things. And then for Jada, of course, Jada went to, like you said, Grand Ledge. But here's the deal. What we were able to do, see, is that we were able to use different communities to teach her different things. So we use a school community to teach one thing. We use a church community to teach another thing. You know, we use the, the uh, uh, you know, her being a part of a sisterhood to teach other things. So we didn't rely on the school district to do everything. We, we, we decided that these are the things that the school district is going to do. This is the stuff that the church is going to do. These are the things that the other organizations that she was a part of that they were going to do. So, like you said, it's a lot that goes into it, see, but looking at Jalen now as a senior in college and the world that he's exposed to, I believe I did the right thing and putting him in different environments because if nothing else, y'all got to be real. Jalen is a social butterfly. Like he can go into an urban community, he can go into a rural community, and Jalen can go into a suburban community and be able to do very well at all three of those communities. At the, at the end of the day, see, I think the bottom line is, I mean, we're talking about, so y'all just going from two different perspectives. Do you focus on your kid or do you focus on yep. your community? Yep. And I'll be honest, see, like what he was saying, at the end of the day, I think both was a win-win for us because of the the home environment that you're coming from. So, I mean, that's my challenge to your parent, the parents that are listening. Like, you can create the difference wherever you go, private school, public school, Montessori, whatever. You can create the difference, but it has to start with that environment at home. I'm saying, like, you reinforcing it, you involved in whichever, you know, whichever activity they got going on, you involved as a parent yeah, the whole sure. way through. Yeah, and like sure. he's saying, if you're thinking of your kid's future, then you decide, you know what I'm saying? And, and see. Yeah, but you know, I study child development and peer influence is the oh, biggest yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's real. child that's real. Absolutely. I mean, yep. like, like now, don't get me wrong. Parenting matters, but your kid's peer influence, mm. I mean, there's all kind of studies, and I don't know how valid they are, that show that the peer influence is greater than the parent influence. And so, 
you, you got to be careful. You know what I mean? Like you, you can do all you want and then your kids kind of get into an environment where, you know, for real, they, they looking at their friends and they looking at what's going on in the culture and they can get caught Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Nah, mm -hmm. but, but, but we, yeah, hey, but we so, know, though, that private doesn't mean great peer and public doesn't necessarily mean bad peer, bad peer you know? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I, I mean, the, the private aspect, let's be real. We talking academics as being Absolutely. the main, yeah. um, you know, separator. I, I don't obviously, man. You got, you know, some of these private schools. You know, even you know these main private schools that got like huge drug issues and all of that. You know what I mean? Now, how they being treated and how they being typecast is a whole different thing. But that's another conversation for another day. E, let me ask you a question, and this is just just be honest. If you lived in Sexton School District, uh, let's say you lived on Moore's River Drive over there. Not, not not on my side with the common folk, but on the other side, um, the exclusive side, would you have sent your kids to Sexton? And, and, and we talking about not, this ain't Grand Ledge now. Would you have sent your kids kids to Sexton? Uh, I, I'll be honest, see, I probably would have because you know where I lived and I, and I took my kids to Wood Creek, you know, and then I took my kids to Sankofa, you know, and I took my kids to... Windermere, you know, I, I, I thought it was important as much as I could see. I thought it was important for my children, you know, to have a balance. Like I wasn't really, I, it, it, it wasn't for me neighborhood as much as it was diversity. And I think, you know, Wood Creek did a phenomenal job of 50-50. I, I mean, um, uh, Windermere did a phenomenal job of 50-50. You know, when they were younger, uh, I had them probably more in their community, like in their environment, you know, uh, uh, you know, social economic status, the whole nine. Like I tried to keep them in an environment that was close to, you know, how they were. I was born and raised, you know. Um, but then as they got older, you know, high school, of course, I was like, I'm getting you ready for college now. So I think I'm an educator. See, so it was unique. Like I did one thing for elementary. I did another thing for middle. I did another thing for high. And I knew my kids were probably going to go to a predominantly white institution. Like I knew that Jalen and Jada were probably going to go to Michigan State or, you know, Jada was thinking about Harvard, you know, when she was in elementary school. So nobody said to me when they were kids, they wanted to go to like Morehouse or Tuskegee. So, so my thing for high school was, yo, I, I, I need to put you in a culture that resembles Michigan State. Like I need to get you ready for you know, where you're going. But like I said, in middle school, it was more 50-50, but in elementary school, it was probably a, a you know, a, a homogeneous community. Like they were with people who looked like them, who came from their background, same background, social, economic status, you know, et cetera. So I'm different. I didn't just stick them in the community schools. Each, each, each level, I prepared them for the next level. Uh, I'll be honest, see, so I'm where you are now in terms of, of going, going through it, so thinking it through. I don't have a problem with public school necessarily. Um, my biggest thing for me is I gotta I gotta pay attention to my kids. So it's for for me to answer it now, see, to be honest, I'm backing out a bit because I don't know my kids well enough yet to see what that looks like. Um, I don't, like I said, I honestly don't have a problem with either, like choosing to go to a public school to sex the sexton boy. I ain't got no problem with it, but. That is contingent upon me being up at that school like on a weekly basis and you seeing me and your friends knowing me. And, you know, that's a part like that. That's something that I, I, I'm talking about. It's a plan for, for, for my kid's life. Like your school going to know me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody at your school going to know who I am. So I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I could go either way. But my, my thing is, I really want to see who my kids are. Do they need to be removed from certain environments? Like what tendencies do they have? You know, are they followers or they're leaders? If you're leading, like we could go anywhere. Um. But if I see, you you know, got following tendencies, like that kind of stuff, I'm still trying to peep in my kids. My daughter, I'll be 100% with you. I think she could go anywhere. She she about ready to teach the class at one year old. You know what I'm saying? But my son, I'll be honest, he's a little more like I'm still trying to figure my man out. Like he not, yeah, I'm not sure to be to be real with you. So, but yeah, I could go, I could go either which way. Yeah, no, I got you. And uh, I appreciate y'all indulging me on that conversation. I just, you know, like I said, it was an internal struggle I was having yesterday, but I guess it's to be continued. Um, but yeah, thanks for that. And I apologize for any of the background noise. I'm, I'm on my second cup of coffee. Um, but look, let me change uh, subjects real quick. So the other day, um, what, what's today? Uh, this was uh, Sunday around four o'clock. My, uh, my beloved uh, disgruntled, Detroit Lions took the field and 
we, we, we got off to a rousing start. Now, mind you, I seen this movie before, <laughs> so I wasn't necessarily geeked up. So me and Jalen and some kind of way, he got uh, looped in the in the group text with me and his son, who are the the the, the consummate Lions optimists. And uh, you know, we were winning, but we were winning last year. We played San Diego first game. We were winning. They came back and won. Uh, San Diego came back and won. So this year, we get up and uh, we're up like twenty one three. And then, of course, here come the Colts roaring back, right? And so the Colts actually come all the way back, and we it's tied up. We score a touchdown, miss the extra point, so we're only up six. Of course, me and my brother who is over here watching the game with me look at each other and go, okay, that's it. We're going to lose by one. You know, Luck and the Colts going to come down the field. They're going to, you know, throw a touchdown pass and kick the extra point, and we're going to lose by one point. Like, that's the only way. Like, the Lions invent new ways to lose. That's the craziest thing. I love it. Like, y'all heard me talk about it last year. We have literally lost in more unique ways than any team has ever lost in the history of football. So here it goes. Boom. Once again, right? So 40 seconds left. Boom. Luck throws the touchdown pass back at the end zone. We still got three timeouts, and we looked at each other and said, okay, now Stafford might be able to do something. So... I'm still, though, it's looking like we lost. We're down one point with 40 seconds left to go in the game. And Stafford uh, gets the ball, three timeouts, and drives down the field, lo and behold, gets the kicker about a 47-yard field goal, and the kicker hits it uh, as the time is expiring, and the Lions end up winning. And I, everybody had texted my phone already. My dad, everybody texted me. And said, same old Lions, like right before that drive. EU text and was like, man, them boys, I don't know what to say. And then me and Jalen start texting. I think he stopped watching or wasn't paying attention. Me and J- Jalen start texting like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like going crazy. He was like, what happened? What happened? Um, but I guess I'm not saying this to tell you to give you guys a sports center update because I know some people, you know, can't stay in sports who listen to this podcast. And this is not a sports podcast. But my question is. Um, how, can the culture be changed and how? You know what I mean? Like, I look at the Lions and I say, wow, that that could easily be... Now, don't give... Now, everybody listening, y'all gonna be laughing at me three weeks from now. But that could easily be a moment that changes the culture within the Lions because everybody was ready to say, same old Lions. This is how they lose every single time. I've seen this movie a thousand times. And they came back and flipped the script and actually won. And I'm thinking, in, you know, as it relates to your business life, your life at home, you know, we've been talking about marriage. We're going into the new marriage thing for Breathe You. Like, how do you change the culture, E? Like, how do you change the, the culture in, in terms of your work environment, in terms of your, your home life? Like, what can you do to actually change that culture? Now, first of all, you got to believe it can be changed. You know, and that's the one thing I, I, I want to give you and Jalen credit for. You know what I'm saying? It's not allowing somebody like me who's been a sufferer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a long-standing oh, I'm sufferer. I'm talking about long-standing. Longer-standing than yeah. I have, by the way, because I'm 33, yeah. bro, and I haven't seen some dog oh, days. Man. I've seen one playoff win in my entire oh, life. Man. So so I think, you know, that's the first thing. Like, as simple as it sounds, see, you truly have to believe. And I, and I know, and, and, and I talked about it in the dissertation, the self-determination theory. We start off by talking about that there are literally people who are doing things, but in their heart of hearts, they do not believe they could be successful at it. So like they're going through the motions, you know what I'm saying? Like they're physically showing up, going through the motions, but in their in their heart of hearts, they don't believe that they can make it happen. You, you feel me? And so I think that's the most important thing. Number one, you really have to believe it. And I think number two, you have to, um, I, I'm looking for a word, but some kind of way kill the noise. So whatever your past history is, like whatever you've known to be your culture, you, you got to cut that off. Like you legitimately have to just say, like, I know that this has been who we've been for years and this is how we perform. But like you really got to clear that out of your mind and just say, like, today is a new day. And then this is the most important one to me. See, you have to get from around negative people and those people that reinforce the values that allow you to be a loser and you have to start connecting with people who are winners. And I remember a time in the office where it was constantly you, me, Carl, you, me, Carl, having worship, you, me, Carl, talking about the vision. I remember, and I'm not trying to, you know, throw no salt or nothing negative, 
But I remember having seeing Carl, he might have to take a phone call and he talking to his mom and I could see him trying to explain, you know what I'm saying, like how this thing is going to work out. I, I remember you having a conversation with your mom trying to figure out how this thing was going to work out. And I remember saying, okay, I can't wait till they get off the phone. And as soon as y'all get off the phone, I would say, all right, let me talk to them real quick and put some positivity back in them because that conversation seemed like it might have been a little draining. You know what I'm saying? And so just us coming together and just saying, we can do this. We can get this done. And us waking up and doing little bit. Look, listen to me, guys, if you're out here. You change a culture by doing the small good things every day repeatedly. Like, not the big stuff. Not the big stuff. And you'll see some of these teams lose because they're trying to do the big stuff. And it's the little first down. It's the, it's the little winning field. Like, even if you don't score a touchdown, but you got three first downs and, and, and field position, you're winning the field position battle. And it's just the little things you do, the little victories, as CJ call them, repeatedly. Over and over and over for, for, for year after year after year. And I'm telling you, then you wake up without realizing it, but you somehow shift that momentum. You got momentum on your side. Not, now you're winning all of a sudden. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm really trying to think about, man, we've been losing for 10, 20 years. And not, again, not sports, guys. Like, I'm really trying to think, like, so step one, I'm, uh, you know, the team is changing. You know what I'm saying? And again, not yeah, sports. Your family has a history. Yeah, it could be your family yeah, has a real. history of losing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I look at E and my, and my dad, you know what I'm saying? Like, who didn't have fathers in their life. Like, I don't, you know, I, I know that they were, a, that was a culture. And they were able to switch that around. You know what I mean? But then you see some, like, this. I think this is the perfect example, right? So from, from let, let, let's take it from, like, an interpersonal perspective. Like, you look at. E, who, you know, e, you hear E say it all the time. His father wasn't in his life. His, his father wasn't in his life. And his father wasn't in his life. Like, that's some generational curse stuff, right? And so you look at the Lions. Like, Lions been losing, like, forever, right? And so, you like, like, what happens to change that? Like, I, I look at E and my dad, because, you know, my dad's dad wasn't in his life. But I look at them who said, okay, that stops now with me. And they did some things different to change that culture, to change that environment. And... Forever now, the Quinnies will never be known as not being in their kid's life. You know what I mean? The Thomas family um, would never have that legacy anymore, right? Because he stopped it with him. He said it stops here. And he was able to change that. So I think even the culture in terms of losing, like, you know, generationally, like, is it something that gets inside of you? Or, like, when does it stop? You know what I mean? Like, it's no reason to me that the Lions should be losing year after. You got, we've had a thousand different head coaches. We we ain't got none of the same players that we had was that were losing when I was eight years old. Yeah, but you but still got the same philosophy though. You got the same owners. I like you got to change it from the top. Like I don't care nothing about who else you bring in. It's the it's the philosophy that runs it. Well, yeah. At the same time, though, e, we just talked about the players. At some point, got to do it. You just said that ten minutes ago. You said sometimes it ain't on the system. So it ain't on the government. Sometimes it's up to you to be the one that changed the system. Last I checked, Martha Ford ain't caught no touchdown yeah, but passes. I'm saying, you, you know what I'm saying? We drafting that, though, the same players everybody else drafting. We got the same coaches everybody else got for for whatever reason. Something. I don't know if it's a curse. I don't no, know what no, it is, curse, but it ain't but working out. But we either we gonna have the, the players take accountability, like you just said, or we gonna blame the ownership. That's the easy way out to blame blame the Ford family. Everybody getting paid. They got Stafford. Everybody wanted Stafford. He was the number one pick, doggone. If we didn't pick him, somebody else would have picked him. But something about the 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 actual team, and I don't know what know, it is. is what but I'm saying, saying we, we can't place change. the blame on the leadership sometimes, and not yeah, the other. Yeah, but here's what has to change, and you said it. I did not. I did not have the same value system. Your father didn't have the same value system as maybe the generation before us. You feel what I'm saying? So we had to literally separate from that. So I'm, I'm not making it the owner's problem, but I am saying if you, what's the word I'm looking for? If, if, you, if, if you embrace their philosophy, if you, if you embrace the philosophy of the owners, then you're going to keep that thing going. But if you say, yo, no, I'm not on that. I don't believe that. So like no disrespect to my father, but for most of y'all that know me, my thing was I'm not going to be having sex with multiple women because that's the problem. Like, that's how this all started. You feel what I'm saying? So like that. So philosophically, I saw women differently. Like I didn't see women as sexual objects. So philosophically, I took responsibility and said, yo, like I ain't mad at nobody. 
But apparently if you like with multiple women, like in your mind somewhere that you see that as okay. I don't see that as okay. Like, I don't think that's right because that's how this thing got started. So I got to have a little bit more responsibility when it comes to my choice of women and, and being intimate with women. So, so, so what I'm saying is that the forwards and then the ownership could be like, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. But if the players are on the same page as the coach and as the owners, then that's what you're going to get. But I to I totally stepped away from that and was like, yo, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm going to do something drastically different. And as a result of not agreeing with the the philosophical beliefs of the generation before me about school, you know what I'm saying, about a lot of stuff, I think that's how I was able to say, we're going to create a different culture. Why, see? Because it's actually a different culture. And what people don't understand is the, the culture is not losing. The culture is not getting your butt whipped every week, having a terrible season. The culture is how you think and how you approach the game. And I think that's where people get it wrong. The, you change a culture when you change your philosophical beliefs, not your behavior, when you change how you think. And once you change how you think or how you see a thing, then everything else follows after that. Carl, get in yeah, there, yeah, Carl. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, Carl, and Carl, you know what's funny is I'm trying to, I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking like, at what point would would somebody from the outside have looked in at ETA and said, that's a losing culture? Yeah. Mm. Like like somebody from the outside in might have looked at us and been like, yo, they're the Lions. Oh, I, I'll like, think I'll about it. We won getting gigs. We didn't have no website. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a lot of stuff going wrong. I can give you a very specific example. I remember when we first started doing the shipping thing, we met with the UPS rep. And my man was whatever, cool, asking a bunch of questions. And I'll be honest with you, we was a daring headlights. My man started asking this and this. And we like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He came back a year later, and he just he, he fessed up and says, look, let me just be real with you. I thought your business was going to last as long as the meeting that we had. He's like, I cannot believe that a year later that y'all are actually shipping to people in a national, like, you know, I can't, he's like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Like the first meeting we had, I was like, oh yeah, they just wasted a whole bunch of my time. This ain't going nowhere. And I looked at my man like, wow, yeah, you didn't know who we were. But the the, the question. <laughs> and now he got to come to Carl House and Carl House look a little different than it uh, looked back sure. then. My man was asking <laughs> me for advice now, see. I'm like, wow, what a shift. My man calling me on advice. Like, yo, what do my you think I should do? My man trying to look for a job. He's like, look, y'all need anybody else in uh, deliveries and services? <laughs> hey, but I wanted to flip it a little quick, Ian, and said, what happens now with a franchise? And again, we're not talking sports. But you got a franchise like the Lakers that has been a winning philosophy for so many years. Now, you could take players here or there. Like, what, 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 how does that fit in? So, Kobe's gone. or I mean, Kobe got older, whatever. Jordan left the Bulls, whatever. But Bro, the, I just watched the, the Steelers last night go to I, work. I'm like, the Steelers still going to work? I, I did. Lord, I saw I, a like, piece can of we it. get one of them seasons? Can the Lions get one season so, of, so of sweetness? What happens in those transitions then where you do have a culture of winning? You know what I'm saying? But it's gone. Like, the ownership didn't change. You still got some of the same players. Like, what happens in that circumstance, E? Yeah, and I don't think um, – I think that's far and few in between. The Patriots still doing their thing. I think with the Lakers, though, we have to be honest and say something did change with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? You not only lost Kobe, you did lose the owner. You know, and but so we know you, the Lakers gonna be back though. Yeah, we do. Right. We, we do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm you know just what I'm saying, saying though, we ain't sure the Pistons coming back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, because you're talking about winning one or two versus you know a dynasty. But I will say this: it does depend though on the son and the daughter. We will we will believe that the Lakers will be back. Now let me tell you what I saw with the Steelers, and I and I and I've said this before on the podcast when I worked with the Steelers last year. But what was so deep about the Steelers? See is that I saw a large majority of the winners, you know, over the years at the game, see? So so, so you're talking about, we know that the mm, philosophy is the same. Why? Because yeah. they're there. there. You're seeing that's them big. there. They're yeah. there. You got all the, all the winners are still there. You know, you got people who've been a part of the franchise for long. The coach is still there. You know, Big Ben is still there. You got, yeah, I mean, just players from all uh, walks of life or players from over the, you know, the decades, they there. They're physically present. They've got the jackets on. They've got their rings on. You know, they're there. Like seeing Lynn Swan, seeing Starworth, Franco Harris, and Mean Joe Green just in the building, that, that's got to do something for the players. Not to see them on the wall. Not to just to see all the Super Bowl rings and the Super Bowl trophies. 
you know, but to physically see the dudes that want it, they hear from them before the game, they hear from them during preseason, to see them on the sideline, like it, it's a culture, bruh. And I think we get it twisted when we see championships. It's the culture. It's everything around you says winning, winning, winning. The message is winning. The behavior is winning. The symbols are winning. You know what I'm saying? Symbolism. Everything is win, win, win. And so when you're a Lion fan and you're walking through the, the, the halls, you see no championship. You see Barry Sanders quit. You see, man, come on, bro. You, you see, don't think that you don't think the players get excited when Scott Mitchell walk into the building, <laughs> when Eric Kramer, the, the great legend Eric Kramer, Andre Ware, Rodney Pete. You don't think when Rodney Pete show up for alumni day, the players get a little extra juice in their step, bro? Uh, just wow. a little. Oh my God. Hey, just a little. Help us. Now, hey, Help but here's us. the deal. See, and listen to me. If you listen to this podcast. I'm being serious. Like I need you to do this for me. I walked into the Marriott and, and the Hilton, and they got the picture of the father and the son, and I literally take a picture of that, and I send it to my son, Jalen. I'm saying symbols. We should have winning symbols in our house. The pictures should say winning. There should be quotes about winning. Yeah, that's the big. vehicles that you drive. Listen to me, man. I'm not trying to be funny, bruh. Like, like we're humans, bruh. Let's not get on this, like, what do you call it, um, like materialistic stuff. I'm not on that. But when you when when my son raises the door to the garage and he see a five series in there, when he see an Escalade, when he walks in the house and see the Jays, or when we go on a plane, he's in first class. This does something to your psyche, bruh. It does something to your psyche when you sit down and you order at Ruth Chris versus going to a all-you-can-eat $4.99 buffet. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it does something to your psyche. We're not, we're not suggesting that you got to ball out. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. But it does something when you see somebody, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a right type of suit. Not a one-size-fits-all, but a tailor-made, you know, a Versace suit. You know, it does something. The NBA has a certain logo, see? The stadium looks a certain way. You, you understand what I'm saying? So when you walk in and you see... That, and so I'm just saying, when I say culture, we have to be careful of what we're showing our kids. Now, I teach my kids all day, every day. You are, you are, you, you are no better than nobody else, but you're still a royal priesthood. You're still a chosen generation. And so the symbols, the words that come out of our mouth, what we say to our babies, what, what clothes we put on them, what shoes we give them. We're not teaching materialism. We're not. But we are teaching the head and not to tell. And I think this is the biggest problem, especially in the community that I'm in. I hear people talk this talk. I do. I hear people say you the head, you the tail. But 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 the the symbol symbolism doesn't say it. Some of the other things don't say it. Look, I'm gonna be real. I've had fifty thousand dollar checks, twenty five thousand dollar checks from gig that I sit in my I would literally when they were in high school, I would have them checks sitting on the counter for 30 days. Like I physically wanted them to see checks for $50,000, $20,000, $15,000. I wanted them to see it. Like I didn't even cash it. I would literally leave it on the kitchen table and I wanted them to see it because when they get a check, I want them to see like, oh, this is how much you can make. Why? Because I didn't see that coming up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't know you could make a lump sum of money at one time. I'm thinking that you got to make money in, you know, um, every hour you get like $30 an hour, $40 an hour. I wanted to, I wanted my kids to see you're not better than nobody. That money doesn't even need to be spent on stuff. You might need to help somebody to go to school, but I want you to see what you're capable of. So to me, see a culture is a, it is a thinking. It is not a doing. It is not and what you have. It is a way, it is your worldview. It is how you see yourself and how you see the world around you. Yeah, yes. no, that's that's strong. And I think the other thing is, um, you know, learning from your mistakes. You know what I mean? As I think about like what we're oh, talking please. about right now, yes. it's like, yo, like, like think about how many mistakes we made, but that we learned from. So when people were looked like the UPS guy, I'm not mad at him because that's where we mm -hmm. were. Yeah. But I think yeah. when you look at a losing culture, a lot of the same mistakes are made year after year. And so what you're talking yeah. about with passing yeah. that, you know, that new lineage on is very critical. So I want to I want to play a bit of audio for you and see if this is acceptable. This is uh, you know what I'm saying? This is Trey and I the other day 
watching the Lions game together, and I don't know if I'm leading them down the wrong path of fanhood or if this is acceptable or not, but here go Trey Trey. Now, in your uh, uh, your doctor, is, is this Lord healthy or not for my son? <laughs> that he's coming up in this community of lion fans. And see, I don't even know if I want to answer that question or not. <laughs> but, but, but what I do want to say is, yo, is bro, this child abuse or not? Yeah, I, Should I, I call child protective services? I, man, I'm being real. What you see when I listen to that, bro? You know how salient that is. I'm like, yo. He just passed down to his son that's a, yep, that's his a belief system, yep. and, oh, Trey, and Trey embraced it. Like, he didn't say, go Lions. He's saying it like he's been a fan oh. for years, bro. Like, you got him to believe in that. That's crazy, bro. That is crazy, the power of culture. Man, yeah, I, I, you I, know what's crazy, too, is as it was happening, I was just thinking, <laughs> poor kid ain't got no clue what, I, what his daddy set him up for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey. I'm just like... I'm like, man, I should have told him that we were Steeler fans. Lord have mercy. I'm just no. See what I, what I heard, and I did the same thing. But of course, I did it with Michigan State with Jordan, and it was so deep for me because, like, for real, for real. Now, Jordan, we on campus, and somebody says, "Go green." He responds, "Go white." Like he, like you know, from birth, and and he, that's what you saying. Those are the little things that now you could create a culture with. I, I didn't even think about that. That's huge. See, like these are little, little things. And, you know, they grow up, go to state, whatever, but they got now an allegiance to something. But it's an allegiance back to what you're saying. By the way, if you got any more than $50,000 checks, I don't have, I don't no, have no, any no, laying around my house right now. I, 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 just, right. I just want Jordan to I, see I one or two. I'll hide the name on it and we could just I put it there. I promise you. Hey, no, but seriously. I'm like, looking around my house. I see bills, Carl. I don't know what <laughs> kind of life he living over there. Uh, <laughs> no, but for real, it, it's, it's showing them that allegiance now. Like, it's an allegiance to something. Understand what I'm it's an allegiance to winning that you're giving them. And I'm using that word strategically, an allegiance to it. Now, you you attracted to winning all the time. So that's big. Wow. Yeah. No, yep. So, yeah, Trey was, uh, hey, but, but hey, look, he got the dub, though. You know what I'm saying? He got the win. So maybe his uh, Lions career is, is going to be better than mine better. was yeah, at his age. So, yeah, it started better. Yeah, it's all <laughs> to a rousing start. Avery is 1-0 and in her Lions career. So, um, yeah, no, we're off to a beautiful start. But uh, that being said, man, uh, I love the fall. It's always a great time for us. We're a football family. So just, you know, football and family, man, things seem, you know, right the other day. We had, uh, you know, just, just the whole squad over. Everybody was, you know, barbecuing and watching football. So great times, great times, good stuff. Uh, let's make that transition over into Ask E.T., Everybody's favorite segment brought to you by BreatheUniversity.com. You heard it. We got the marriage boy coming, I mean, right around the corner. For those of you who have been saying, man, where's the thank God of marriage? Um, and we're actually going to be doing a marriage podcast. We have uh, Quest. Uh, some of you may know Quest. Quest is a, a very uh, good lifelong friend of ease and great friend of mine now who is, um, man, one of the funniest, most charismatic, dynamic guys but also just a great father and great husband. Uh, he's hilarious. He'll be on the podcast with us, and um, we're going to be bringing that live and direct to Breathe University and all of our students there. Man, we have so much going on with BU guys. In the you know, in addition to upgrading the portal and you know all the the technological advancements that we've made, Carl. Um, now we just the programming is going to a whole nother level, and we're excited about that. Um, the pot, like I said, the podcast, the TGIM marriage, the marriage calls, all of that is going to be available very, very shortly at breatheuniversity.com. Use the promo code BU special and get 50% off your first month. So come check us out, man. We, we are excited about what we're doing. The community is growing. The networks are growing. If you, I tell people all the time, if you don't get in there for anything other than the network, you have over 1,500 people now who are on fire, entrepreneurs making it happen. People are hooking up in their own communities, putting on events. Um, we got people hiring folks. We got people, you know, giving people opportunities. It's crazy because they're in this community. So you need to be around that environment. Uh, go to breatheuniversity.com and check us out. Uh, the first question comes from Kara in Connecticut. She wants to know, E.T., do you still have a mentor at this point in your career? I, I never had a mentor. 
you know, not really like not in a way that you guys know mentorship. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never I've never really had that. But I would say to you, I live in a community like I've always lived in a community with a lot of my peers that I went to school with. I'm on a prayer line. We talk, you know, every morning the last 20 years I'm with Carl with C. So we do a lot of self-assessing, you know what I'm saying? And so I don't think I've needed it in a traditional sense because I've been in a community where we do self-assess a lot. You know, so I haven't had to have that one person that I go to regularly. And a lot of people that I call mentors are people who maybe, you know, I've been, they've been in my life, you know, for a matter of months, you know, whatever, but not like intrusively, like, you know, mentorship to be. So no, I, I've, I've never really had one, but C acts as a mentor, Carl acts as a mentor. You know, they share insight and information with me and always pushing me to grow and challenging me. So I've got like a hybrid type um, mentorship thing kind of going. Yeah, no, and, and I think, you know, just to, just to you know, kind of piggyback off of that, you do a better job than most, and, and I know that might seem like a kind of vanilla answer that E just gave, like, oh, I got a lot of mentors, but E really does just learn from everything, everyone, every situation. You guys have heard us talk about it before, but I think it's one of the unique things about E that I've tried to pick up over the years is that his sensors are amazing, like the way in he, which he senses and processes information at all times. So what he's saying is like, yo, I could be in any situation and learn and grow or from anybody. Like we might be in the prison system and he might get like 10 messages just off a conversation with an inmate. Like his ability to absorb and retain information is on a whole nother level. And I, and I always say like, yo, I, I think sometimes I wish I would have got a GED and not graduated because I'm like, yo, E, because of what he lacked academically and that stuff he missed there, like his other senses like went through the roof. So it's like somebody, and I don't know if it's true or not, Carl, you may know, but like they say somebody who's blind could hear really well, or if you deaf, maybe you got like perfect vision. Like E, whatever deficit that he got from, you know, um, dropping out of school and living on the streets and being homeless and all of that, like he made up for it and like this crazy superpower and his ability to learn from all of these different places. And so um, that's a real answer that he's, you know, given. Um, so yeah, great question. All right, let's move on. Let's go to David. Uh, he wants to know, E, you just celebrated uh, 26 years of marriage. Can you provide us with a few tips on how to have a successful and long marriage? Perfect timing on that question. Yeah, let me tell you something. Perfect in any relationship, bro. Let me tell you something. Add value, bro. Add value. Is it 26 years, by the way, or 20? Yeah, 26. Yeah, 20. yeah. Wow, Look, 26. Here's Lord. the thing I tell everybody. Nobody can get rid of the person that adds value, but everybody can get rid of the person that's selfish and self-centered and want to know what they're going to get. You know, those people come a dime a dozen. You add value and not, and here's the deal. Add value and then start increasing and adding value. So I'm adding value in my wife's life. Absolutely, right? But I'm adding value in my in, in her children's life. Now you like eat up days your kids too. Yeah, but trust me, you still get brownie points though when you take care of your kids. Like your wife's still geeked that you're able to pay for her kids to go to college. Like that takes the stress off of her. Then her mom hasn't worked in years because of her cancer. And I've been able to be a blessing to her mom in terms of you know um, her, her income. So when you start adding value, like you're blessing the mom, you know, uh, her cousin one year uh, had to come and stay with us, you know, and do a full uh, year of high school with us, you know, and we were in a financial position to do it. You, you know what I'm saying? So when you start adding value to people's lives and they, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? And so many other people who are in their lives are taking, 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 taking. That's how you keep a healthy relationship. Take the stress off your wife. Like my wife does work, but it's by choice. She works part time. So if you start. So that's number one, adding value. Number two, start taking stress off of people. And then three, CJ always says this. He was like, yo, when I got in ease life, I was going to try to be that one person that didn't create drama. Go without arguing with your wife, fighting and fussing with your wife. Like where's she going to go? Like how many relationships can you go to? where somebody's gonna add value, give you some stuff that you can't get on your own, right? Number two, take the stress off of you. Like most people putting stress on people. Well, okay, did you do this, did you do that? Okay, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do that. You know, and then the finally one, like, like drama free, like if you can create that type of situation, everybody gonna wanna be around you. Nobody's gonna wanna leave you, you know? So those are the things that I try to do, again, not just with my wife, 
I try to add value to Carl. I try to add value to CJ. I try to add value. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to add value. I'm trying to make sure that the people that I'm around know that, like, E putting up points. And, again, if you do that, man, ain't no team going to want to trade you. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go one more. Um, let's see. Can we find a quick one? Uh, e, can you give us some recommending recommended readings for entrepreneurs? Uh, first thing CJ told you was, like, get one book and just stick with that. But Think and Grow Rich, I think, is a phenomenal read. Um, all the Robert Kiyosaki stuff is, you know, on entrepreneurship, you know. But I think Think and Grow Rich uh, is great. Napoleon Hill or Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. Dennis Kimbrough, just the same book, different lens. Uh, I think um, The Richest Man in Babylon uh, is a great book, you know, uh, in terms of... Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, how you spend your money, you know, um, financial, you know, success. Uh, so those, those would be my, my first few. But I, I, what CJ said, like, don't even read the whole book. You know, read a chapter and apply it. Like, read chapter one, apply it. Read chapter two, apply it. Like, don't read the whole book and just be like, hey, hey, I read all those books you told me to read. And then The Magic of Thinking Big, I think, is another one you probably uh, should put on that list. And there's no order. I do apologize. There's no particular order. And then probably one, um, the greatest salesman that ever lived, Ogmandino. I'm going to add, see, real quick, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. Not entrepreneurship in itself, yeah, but, but it is. But entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's entrepreneurship because you can't do nothing without the relationship. So that book is, to me, like a, it's like a Bible for life. It's yeah, mm-hmm. it's a classic one. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, man. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, listen, man, we got North Carolina uh saturday so we still got a a few tickets left for that if you want to purchase tickets for that go to etinspires.com slash events uh what else carl am i missing anything do do we have any any other announcements oh uk london come on we coming we coming london we will be there on the 23rd i believe uh, we'll be there. So yeah, like not this week, but yeah, next week next we week, will be yeah. there. We'll be headed over. So Carl, E, uh, myself, Josh, and of course the the Queen Didi is coming with us. Uh, we are all headed over on that bird here very shortly. So um, over go the to pond, Eric baby. Thomas. We coming over the pond. Yeah. <laughs> EricThomasLondon.uk and pick up your tickets for that, man. We're super excited about that, super pumped. Listen, man, if you know somebody in London, if you're in London, call everybody you know and tell them. Because one thing that hurts me the most is when we go to London, then we come back and I see people tweeting like, yo, E, when you coming to London? I'm like, what in the world? We just left. So, um, E, if you can get us out of here on that nugget of the day, we didn't have an Am I Tripping or today. I know, you know, my bad, I apologize. I have got to run. And my no, batteries are like go, dying. You said what? I said you mean one's got to go. You said am I tripping? Oh yeah. Oh my, my bad. My bad. One got to go. Yeah. Sorry. I told y'all it's like four o'clock in the morning, right? So um, yeah, my my uh, my battery's about to die, literally and figuratively. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, it, everybody, hey, everybody ain't cut out. It's like if I get up at three. I definitely not, I'm not trying to work. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, if, I, if I'm so blessed as to get up by three something, right. I'm definitely not used to just going that's, right in. Yeah, but that's he, some coffee he texted or us. No, I'm, I'm serious. He texted like 347. was like, yo, can I do the podcast real quick? I'm like, wow, okay. I guess so. So um, we'll get the uh, the one got to go. Thanks, Carl, for correcting me on that. But uh, the one got to go. We'll, we'll have another one hopefully next week. Hey, write in on those too, man. I want to know. Um, what y'all think? So one got to go. Send it to uh, info at etinspires.com if you got some suggestions for one got to go, if you got two or three things that are on the same level. I actually have a couple ideas for some more um, in the future, but I want to see what you guys have as well. So again, um, oh, last thing, if you could go write us that review on iTunes, please, please, please go write us that review. I'm trying to tell y'all for my new listeners, you don't know how much that helps it moves us up the rank each and every time we get you guys to write a review. So again, we do this podcast for free. Try to keep, keep you guys entertained on your commute, your drive. All that we ask is that you go write us a review. Show us that love on iTunes so that we can keep moving up the charts. So thank you guys for that. ET, can you get us out of here on that nugget of the day so I can get uh, a regular human being hours uh, of the day started? No, that's right. Hey, guys, look, I'm serious. Listen to me. Kill the noise.
Like, yo, for real, kill the noise, bro. Kill the noise. Like, you, you're trying to do two things at once. You're trying to do two things at one time. It's impossible, right? You're trying to be successful, and you're trying to entertain the opinions of others, and you got to kill the noise. Like, what they think about you, who cares? You know, like, how they would do it, who cares? Like, people tell me all the time, E.T., if I was you, I wouldn't do that. You not me. So, of course, you wouldn't do it, right? So, guys, I, I, I know that, you know, uh, when you do the math, you're not capable of doing it. Yep. I know when they look at your background, like, yep, you're not supposed to be, you know, in the game. You're not supposed to even be. Look, I get all of that. I understand what they're saying. But, look, kill the noise. Like, don't you, you don't got enough energy to entertain them and do what you're supposed to do. Remember what I told you. The goal is the goal. That's it. The goal. The goal, if you swimming, the goal, if you playing basketball, the, the goal is the goal. In the Olympics, the goal is the goal. That's it, the goal. What's your goal? And I need you to put all your energy. I need you to put all your effort. Listen to me, I told, told somebody this the other day. All men are created equal. You understand what I'm saying? All men. So you don't need another human. You don't need another human to tell you what you can and what you can't do. You feel me? You don't need another human to tell me what you can and cannot do. All right. You, so I need you to kill the noise. I need you to block out everything, guys. Block out everything. Block out everybody. I know you love your mama. Block her out. You hear me? I know that. I know that. But I, I need you to stay focused. So listen to me very closely. In every dream journey, there comes a moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? One more time, I said, one more time. I need you to kill the noise and I need you to get focused. And I need you to put all your energy on the dream journey. I need you to put all your focus, all your energy, all your time. You have no time to waste on them. You have no, you have no time to waste on your haters. You have no time to entertain what they talking about, what they saying, what they think about you. You have no time. Look, can I be honest with you? The, the, the reason why they focusing on you is because you blowing up. The reason why they focusing on you is because you are doing great things. They wouldn't be putting their energy in something that was dead. You are alive. And that's why they focusing on you. So I, what I need you to do is keep going. They not focusing on them. They focusing on you. You got something special. You got something unique. Okay, one more time. All right. In every dream journey, there comes a moment when you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Right? We all going to die. You don't got to get there. Let me tell you something. It's go, death going to come get you when it's your turn. You don't, you don't have to get there safely. Right? You going to get there when it's your turn. But I need reckless abandonment up until that point. I need reckless abandonment. I need, I need you to live life with a vengeance. I need you to get so focused and so determined. And stop listening. Look, stop entertaining your haters. Stop entertaining your haters. It's your boy E.T. said, look, if you can kill the noise, you halfway home, baby. If you can kill the noise, if you can stay focused, I guarantee you can have, you can be and do whatever it is you want to do. Hey, it's your boy E.T. saying, please kill the noise and make the rest of your life the best of your life. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate.